0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family as we continue our series, which we began last week on worldview. And the worldview is developed in a child's life very often before they even hit 10 or 12 years old and it's the lens from which they view all of life, as well as making moral decisions. But I need to mention something before we begin today's show, which, by the way, is entitled The Foundation for a Worldview. We're talking about the absolute necessary foundation for developing a Christian worldview, but I just need to put out a little caution that Some, and maybe even many, will find today's show challenging, and it's challenging in this way. I know that it's very difficult to personally accept responsibility for the fact that our well-intentioned teachings, whether a priest, a parent, or a catechist, may have done serious harm to the faith of a young person. Now, I guess you call this eating crow, That means admitting you have done something wrong after taking a strong position. I know how to eat crow. I was a Protestant evangelical pastor. I taught against the Catholic faith, and part of my conversion to Catholicism, which was a very positive step, involved having to kind of embrace the truth that I had been wrong. And A lot of my fellow hosts on Catholic media are going to be speaking differently than I am, and I'm calling parents to investigate firsthand what's going on here. And again, before we go forward in today's show, I feel necessary to make a personal disclosure. You know, when somebody does something or somebody has strong beliefs about something— Uh, At least I like to look behind the curtain, open the curtain. What is causing and motivating that person to do such a thing? And I've previously mentioned on Faith and Family Radio that I lost my faith at 13 years old, and it was over the questions of the origin of life, of the universe, and where I came from. It was the creed versus evolution, the first line of the Apostles' Creed or... Charles Darwin, and basically Darwin won out. I've come to believe that I actually didn't lose my faith at that point. What I think I did is I took my faith upstairs, lowered the attic ladder, and put my faith, I didn't want to like discard it and deny it, but put it with all that stuff (laughs) that you never use close the attic ladder door, go back downstairs, and went about my life as a teenager as if God didn't exist. I still professed the creed. I still went to church with my parents for a few years. Then I stopped, but the Christian faith had no relevance in my life. You see, if God is creator, then he's involved in every aspect of life. If God isn't creator... Then he's in the attic. And you think, well, Steve may be overreaching with his comments today. And Okay, put that up for your questioning. On the other hand, I could be speaking out of personal experience that's being repeated in the lives of tens of thousands of Catholic youth every year. And parents, I'm just urging you, get it right the first time because it's 50 times easier to prevent a faith dropout than to cure it. All right. My 21st century concern is that the majority of Catholic youth are washing out from the faith. Uh, The numbers differ a little bit, but we're talking about 60 percent plus. So in my book, that's failure. When 60% of those, even those going through Catholic school, catechesis, going to Mass with their families, are washing out, that's failure. So we need to look at causes for that failure and change strategies. And I'm advocating in this series on worldview that worldview is absolutely essential. And in this broadcast, the foundation of a worldview is answering the question, where where do I come from? I mentioned last week that the Barna Group, in surveying young people, that the worldview is the primary influence on how a young person views morally acceptable behavior. In other words, if you would have a Christian worldview, you're a teenager or a college student, if you have a Christian worldview, you are 31 times less likely to accept cohabitation as an acceptable moral behavior. As you know, cohabitation is rampant amongst Christian youth. How do you lower that? Now, I realize there's a lot of books being sold that promise to do this, this, and that. Show me how that book, through a formal study, a disciplined statistical study, can show a 31% reduction in such a view, and I'll buy that book and distribute it here through the Family Life Center and give free shipping, but it doesn't exist because the thing that does that is worldview. Let's go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it's a very important paragraph, you know, and if you're a parent, this paragraph, 282, is your paragraph. Why do I say it's your paragraph? George Barnard has done a lot of study on the formation of worldview. He claims it starts forming as young as four years old. So, you know, (laughs) your parish youth worker isn't going to be doing this. By the time your child is probably about 10 years old, and certainly by the time they're a teenager, the worldview is formed. And this is why the home is so important. So here, section 282, this is the parents' paragraph out of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's others too. Everybody, teachers, catechists, priests. It says this Catechesis on creation is of major importance. It concerns the very foundations of human and Christian life, for it makes explicit the response of the Christian faith to the basic question that men of all times have asked themselves. Where do we come from? Where are we going? What is our origin? What is our end? Where does everything that exists come from, and where is it going? The two questions, the first about the origin and the second about the end, are inseparable. They are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. I'm going to read that last sentence again, because what this is saying, that catechesis on creation is of major importance. It concerns the very foundation of human life. And the last sentence, they are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. That's worldview, and if I could add a word in there because it's really implicit, I would like to make it explicit. They are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life, our actions, and our morality. That's worldview, and answering these questions will form a worldview before a child ever gets into the temptations of the teen years and the 20s. This is something that's going to happen in the home or in a Catholic education that is explicitly geared to developing a worldview. Now, according to Barna, in his surveys in the United States, Catholics have the lowest proportion of Christians who hold a Christian worldview, and Catholics also, according to other studies like the Pew Research Group, they have the largest percentage of faith dropouts. Hmm. Hmm. I believe that where Catholics are falling down is with question number one in a worldview. We're going to have about seven questions that you ask and answer to develop a worldview. But the most fundamental question, the primary question, the question of major importance is this. Where do I come from? What's my origin? And the irreplaceable foundation for a worldview is a belief in God as the creator of all things in heaven and on earth." Now, do you wanna collapse a worldview, destroy belief in the Bible, and basically decimate a young person or an old person's faith? Let me tell you how to do it. It's very, very, very simple. You take Genesis 1, basically put doubt into that, because remember, Satan comes with doubt, and then later he follows up with denial. Just deny Genesis 1, and everything in the Bible collapses. It's like one of those explosions that they do. They have an old building, and they bring in a special team, and they plant charges all over the building. It just stands there looking fine, and then there's three, two, one, boom. What happened to my child's faith? You know, they've been to Catholic school, they've been catechized, they've heard homilies and this and that, now they've just walked away. Well, Jesus answered that question in John chapter 5, verses 46 and 47, our Savior said this, "'If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words?' Those two sentences are the last thing in the Gospel of John before John chapter 6, where is Jesus teaching on the Blessed Eucharist, which does take a good amount of faith. And if you start denying Moses, are you going to be surprised with kids start doubting the real presence in the Eucharist? You see, creation faith is the foundation for all of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's a, it's a chapter of faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, and Abraham and Isaac and all the uh, key characters through the Old Testament. But it begins, faith begins at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse three, by faith, we understand that the world was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. Likewise, the first line of the Apostles' Creed, this is what caused me to put my faith up in the attic and go about my life as if God didn't exist. I really didn't deny, I thought, you know, it might be some time when I'm 80 years old to bring God down from the attic, but he really has nothing to do. He's not a fairy tale. This is, You know, fairy tales kind of are left behind when you hit the teen years, but faith, no, it's, it's something special, so let's just put it up in the attic, but certainly it's not going to affect how we live our lives. And that's what happened when I came. Uh, we, my family moved to Florida. Our minister asked me to study the Apostles' Creed and come back with any questions. And I had a question about line one. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I said, how does that square with evolution? And basically, he gave me a God is wonderful and glorious uh, non-answer. In other words, yes, God is wonderful and glorious, but he didn't give me any reasons for believing that God had anything to do with down here. Yes, he's great in heaven and heaven's going to be great and all that. But meanwhile, I'm a teenager living in Sarasota, Florida. How, how does that affect me? Because if he didn't make the fish in the sea that I loved catching, if he didn't make me, if it's just some glorious plan that's kind of in the nebulous cloud, what does that have to do with life? Now, this is where Both my minister, who I liked, he was a good man, and Catholic preaching, Catholic teaching, Catholic catechesis, and Catholic media, and apologetics are falling down on their face because they're hitching the Christian faith to theistic evolution, and it's been a monumental disaster. Catholics have done this, or at least started doing this, uh, since the 1950s and 1960s. And now we've raised a whole generation, both parents and kids, who think theistic evolution. Theistic evolution is like, evolution did it, but theistic is kind of like, we're going to baptize God in evolution, and everything goes along fine. But, you know, that didn't really satisfy me intellectually. Uh, somebody sitting in the congregation will hear, like, oh, there's no conflict between faith and true science. No definition of what in the world true science is, and the people in the congregation, the adults go, wow, he must be really bright to say such a thing. Well, the kids say, that's a bunch of baloney. An EW10 News report in 2016 said this, this generation is struggling with faith in ways that haven't been seen in previous generations. Catholics And now this is, by the way, from the Center for the Applied Research at Georgetown University. This is a formal study. And Dr. Mark Gray said Catholics as young as 10 are leaving the church, and it's not because they are bored at mass. They're struggling with the faith. And the typical decision to to leave the Catholic faith was made at 13 years old. You know, I know somebody who left the Christian faith at 13 years old. 63% of these young Catholics stopped being Catholic between 10 and 17. 23% did it before 10. This is why worldview has to start early. Now, what's the reason the Center for Applied Research at Georgetown University gave in this EWTN news report? It was things related to science and the need for evidence, and proof of their faith and you know there is a mantra you have heard it on catholic media you've heard it in catholic uh, homilies you've read it in catholic books and it's such a mantra that nobody's giving it a second thought the mantra is there's no conflict between faith and science well that is true but without an explanation It is toxic to the faith of young people. Well, there's no conflict between faith and true science. If that's all you're leaving a teenager, then the question is, well, what exactly is true science? Is it what I hear from my school teachers? Is it what I read in my glossy biology textbooks? Is it what I see in glorious color on the Discovery Channel? Because if you're not gonna give me some evidence, I'm gonna say, well, then that's true science. And you're saying, God made us, and Darwin says, you know, we descended from ancestors of the apes. Come on now. This isn't going to work. Not only that, when you say there's no conflict between true science or faith and science, and you're referring to theistic evolution, you have to explain what exactly type of theistic evolution you're believing in. There are at least three basic kinds of theistic evolution, and at least one of those is diametrically opposed to the Catholic faith, and that is the most popular form of theistic evolution today. So you can't just launch young people out and say, well, we believe in theistic evolution. No, that's really deistic evolution. It's like God started it, and somehow evolution took over, and here we are. I want to give you three quick... Real quick reasons why Darwinian evolution and theistic evolution are grossly outdated. First of all, is a personal observation. Most of my buddies in Catholic media and publishing, authors and conference speakers are very bright. And I have noticed that very bright Catholics seem to just fall into theistic evolution and adopt the mantra, and then that's it. And I really can't see how a bright person can swallow theistic evolution, and here's why. Evolution, the mechanism by which evolution claims all life in its present forms got here was through an unguided process. So the question being, is the evolution in theistic evolution a directed process or an undirected process as almost all neo-darwinian evolutionists insist in other words is this going to be a type of if it's if it's a directed evolution and it's it's really a contradiction in terms because how does god guide an unguided process do you really expect a smart team to believe that God directed an undirected process? And again, people might say, well, that person's smarter than I am, so there must be something to it. I'm not really grasping it, but a teenager would say, hmm, baloney. And it's interesting. The leading theistic evolutionists dodge answering this most basic question. So (laughs) if you're Advocating to young people. And I realize Catholics can believe in theistic evolution and go to heaven, be good Catholics. But to give that to a teenager without explanation, exactly which kind of theistic evolution you're talking about, and are you talking about a guided or unguided process? And then if you're talking about a guided process, then you're going to have to show a scientific mechanism by which something by its very foundation is unguided, works. It's just a contradiction in terms. Okay? That's one. And there's whole books on this. And I'm going to, by the way, have a radio show dedicated how to teach worldview to someone at any age. I will be teaching you how to teach a five-year-old the basics of worldview, the foundation, the origin, from intelligent design perspective, and I'll also have resources for someone in your family who may have a couple of PhDs in science. So we'll cover the whole gamut. So uh, is it a guided or unguided process? That was the first reason uh, why theistic evolution is illogical. Okay, DNA. Now Catholics adopted theistic evolution pretty early as a way to navigate the late 20th century. And, you know, it wasn't until uh, in the last half of the 20th century that DNA was discovered. Do you know that a single short strand of DNA is mathematically impossible to evolve? Because the probability is close to zero. In fact, Stephen Meyer, who has a doctorate in the philosophy of science from Cambridge, shows how the probability of a single strand of DNA is something like one to the power of the number of atoms in our universe. It is such an astronomically large number that exceeds even the human imagination of being remotely possible. And, you know, if you or an elderly person, and maybe grew up before, you know, DNA. And and now, in the last 15, 20, 25 years, the knowledge of the amount of information, coded, intelligent information in DNA, to say that just evolved is grossly unscientific. And then... how, how does that evolve? Well, the DNA mutates, right? Well, here's a major problem, that negative or harmful mutations far exceed positive ones. So how are you going to get something progressively evolving up the, the chain of evolution when negative and harmful mutations are greatly exceeding the beneficial ones? And scientists are at odds on this. It's something between a thousand to one or a million to one, there's a debate going on, but at the short end of it, a a thousand to one harmful mutations to beneficial ones. So how can you create complex life out of such a mechanism? It's impossible. And then finally, you have irreducible complexity and Michael Behe, a biochemist at uh, Lehigh University came up with this, but basically, Somebody who uses the expression simple cell is revealing that they're as old as I am, because when I was in school, we heard about the simple cell. But with the electron microscope and modern ways of viewing the cell, it's anything but simple. Uh, Michael Behe compares it to a very high-tech modern outboard motor. And the thing is, for that cell to be able to live, all of these Hundreds of mechanisms within the cell all have to be working at the same time. In other words, it's irreducible complexity. You can't, you know, take one piece and develop it and then a second piece and develop it because it wouldn't live. A man named Charles Darwin, in a book called Origin of the Species, said if it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed which could not possibly have been formed by numerous, successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. Well, let's all run to theistic evolution. Uh, Irreducible complexity has blown holes in this a mile wide, and it's blowing holes by holding it and trying to teach it to young people. Do you know that Francis Collins, who's a Christian, who is the leading advocate of theistic evolution worldwide, says that humans didn't come from our first two parents. And most theistic evolutionists, the leading scientists who are theistic evolution, say humans descended from about 10,000 ancestors, not two. And our Catholic youth being warned of this when they're told just basically there's no conflict between true science and the faith? Well, what precisely is true science? Is it intelligent design by a personal creator, or is an impersonal process unguided, and do we have a creator making the first two people, Adam and Eve, or are we descendants of 10,000 hominids who were running around the plain somewhere and God decided to call one or two, or even a group of a few thousand, Adam and Eve? I promised you a broadcast in the future that we're going to teach you, mom and dad, how to teach intelligent design to your children, because this has to be really in place by about 10 years old, no later than 12, but 10 years old. And we're going to teach you ways to do that. We're going to have resources for those who have young people in high school. We're going to have resources for homeschoolers. We're going to have resources that are critically necessary for getting to your children before they go to college and perhaps to pass along for others of my friends in the Catholic media who think theistic evolution is some great contemporary way to pass on the faith. It certainly isn't, and I urge parents, listen to me. You, don't wait for the ship to come in. You personally investigate what I've been talking about. I'll have reading lists for you, Uh, you need to find out for yourself that God made us, God actively made us, and how to teach that to your children is foundational to a worldview. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.